Hey sis, welcome to Girl We Got This. I have an incredible sister here with me today. It's Les of the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. Let me tell you one thing. You're gonna learn how to be balanced today for sure. You're gonna learn how she got up from her lowest lows. You're gonna learn about relationships. You're gonna learn about friendships. You're gonna learn about how to get back up when you're falling. And I think that's the key to this podcast today. There's so many alternatives. There's so many things that we can do. Let's do it together. I can't wait for you to listen to this podcast. Sis, Les is with me. She's beautiful as you can see. She's so talented and she's such a giver. I mean, her podcast, the why can't I say it? The Balanced Black Girl Podcast. Yeah, it is a mouthful. Yeah, it is a mouthful. The alliteration. Like I get I love alliteration, but yeah. I get tongue tied. Yeah. I do too. But it's it. I love the title. It's the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. And it just wasn't rolling off my tongue. <laughs> I'm like, yo, why can I say this? She's the host of the Balanced Black Girl Podcast, and it's incredible. She's literally on 61 episodes, yeah. and I cannot wait to hear about it. Thank you. I mean, the aesthetic, the message, what you're giving and providing to this community is beyond. Thank you. Like, it's killer, Les, honestly. I appreciate that. But I got to tell people where we met because yeah. <laughs> I met Les quickly at an expo. Yeah. It was... Beauty. Yeah, the Beauty, Beauty Expo. Mm-hmm. I was speaking at it, and... This beautiful girl full of curls walks up to me. So I'm there with my curly, um, with my hats. So I'm like, oh, she's beautiful. Like, I'm thinking hats, hair. And then she was so sweet and so kind. And she was like, hey, I would love to meet you, talk with you. So I admired that from the jump. Mm -hmm. You know, and you told me you just moved to L.A. Yeah. So tell me the journey of getting to L.A. Because I know you're new. You're newbie here. Yes. So tell me, how did you get here? How did I get here? So why did you come here? It's like a 20-year journey to get to L.A., which is very funny. Um, I came to L.A. for the first time. (laughs) God bless you. (laughs) I came to L.A. for the first time when I was nine years old uh, with a friend of mine from elementary school. She actually had a very serious medical condition and was a part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Mm. And her wish was to meet Tia and Tamara from Sister Sister. Shut like up. every good 90s child. Dude, that's the best show ever. It was the best. So that was her wish was to meet Tia and Tamara, ah. Sister Sister. And so I got to come down to LA with her, her mom, her grandma. We went to a live taping of Sister Sister, met Tia and Tamara. Oh, that's sweet. So that was my first time in LA. Ever. I grew up in Seattle. Yes. Wow. First time cool down experience. here. Yeah. And Were you like, oh my God, I love you, Tia Tamara? Was it like fan shock yeah i was like that was a shock growing up i was their biggest fangirl <laughs> so i was stunned i can only imagine it was literally my favorite childhood memory wow for sure how incredible you got to share it with your girlfriend yeah that's special that's yeah. super sweet it was really beautiful that's awesome and uh i went home and i told my parents like i really like la i'm gonna i'm gonna move there when i grow up so where are you from seattle seattle yes seattle girl in the house seattle (laughs) pacific northwest (laughs) and i came home told my parents when i grow up i'm gonna move to la and i just never really let it go like it was just always from then on like that's what i was gonna do wow yeah after that, Tia and Tamara. After, after Tia and Tamara did it for me. Okay. They sold it. <laughs> I actually felt that. I mean, Tia and Tamara would have done it for me too, actually, because they yeah. were it. They were the they girls. They were everything. Literally. Yeah. Wow. But I think I did. I mean, I always loved this city. I loved how vibrant it was. I loved the weather. As much as I love my home in the Pacific Northwest, right. it never felt like home. It just really? felt like that's where I was. That's so interesting. Yeah. Is there a reason why Seattle never felt like home? 
I've always felt so different yeah. than everybody there. Yep. People in the Pacific Northwest can be great, but they can also be a little bit more passive, a little mm-hmm. bit less social, more outdoorsy. Like those are just yeah. not ways that I would describe right. myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I would always meet people and they go, oh, I can't believe you're from Seattle. You're so different than people from Seattle because I would like, talk yeah. to them and be warm and friendly. <laughs> Oh, see, I've never been to Seattle, so I don't know that vibe. Yeah. So it's not that people aren't friendly, but people are not very outgoing. Like they will not talk to people they don't know. It takes a very long time for people to warm up to you there. That's some city shit. Like that's like New York. I I get that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But that's not you. That just was never me. And I just never, I was like never really into the mountains. I was never into the rain. I was like, I want to go to the beach. Mm -hmm. I want palm trees. The sun, (laughs) the heat. Yes. All the time. Exactly. So LA was it. I got a taste of it and I was like, yep, that's it. Wow. So you moved down here six months ago. Yes. What was that like? Did you drive down? I drove down by yeah. yourself with my parents. They oh, came that's down. nice. Really sweet. That's really nice. Yeah. So you knew, did you know where you wanted to live? Like, because I know people that want to move to LA. Yeah. It's always like a really cool story. It's yeah. like a journey. Totally. You know what I mean? Did yeah. you already have everything planned out or did you like stay with a friend? How did you do it? I had it planned out, but it it was literally one of my greatest manifestations. So really? I had been for about eight years saying, next year I'm going to move to LA. And every year I would come up with an excuse for why it's not right. going to happen. And finally, New Year's Eve 2018 going into 2019, I was like, I'm tired of saying next year, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be the year I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. So I called up my friend who's a professional organizer. I was like, Claire, can you help me start cleaning out my closets, cleaning out my pantries? I was like, I'm relocating this year. Oh, wow. I had no plan for how I was going to do it like I had no idea but whoa so I you just like, had a click it. I had Something a click. clicked in you yeah 2018 and I started getting rid of stuff I just started like paring down my wardrobe selling furniture oh, like I started yeah LA yeah I was like it's happening my lease ended in Seattle at the end of August mm-hmm. and I had a few events over the summer that I was coming down here for in June and July and so I was like okay perfect timing I'm gonna be able to scout neighborhoods yeah. find an apartment So I was down here in June for that first event, staying with a friend, kind of looking at neighborhoods, trying to get a feel for things. And another friend of mine who lived in LA had posted on Instagram how she was looking for a roommate and was like, reach out to me for more info. So I hit her up and I'm like, girl, I need a roommate. I I, want to be a roommate. (laughs) What's the deal? Yeah, totally. And she was just like, here's the deal in the apartment. It's yours. Like if you want it, move in. And so that was it. It came together just like that. See, I love stories like that because I always, coming to LA, there's always a story. Yep. It's no one way path. There's no like, Mm -hmm. I'm in LA. It's always a journey. And like my girlfriend or my friend or I found, it's always like this really cool journey of coming to LA. And I think that holds some special place in everybody's heart because getting to LA is not easy. No. It's never an easy task to get to the city. And I don't know why. Yeah. But it's the journey of getting here and then being here and then owning living here. Yeah. How do you feel after six months? So good. I love it. I mean, I have I've just really loved it it's felt like home I feel like I've settled in I'm definitely still in the community building phase I think anytime you move to a new city that's totally the hardest part but I mean if I spent 30 years of my life in Seattle and six months here I don't expect to have the community here that I have there you know but I think that's incredible that's a great point building community Mm -hmm. because there's probably a lot of women watching this I'm sure 
that probably just moved to LA or New York mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. How, what do you do to build community? Yeah. What have you done? Yeah. So I've gone to a lot of events, just like that expo. I heard about it. Yes. Maybe the day before, I think Shantae had posted about it. And I was like, well, I'm free tomorrow. I'll go. I love that. And I go to a lot of events just like that. And I make it my goal to try to meet one new person who I would love to connect with. And then I actually follow up with them. That's the hard part is the follow up is I'll be like, hey, let's grab coffee. Let's go on a walk. Let's go on a hike. And like following up and doing that, I've actually started making a pretty solid group of friends. That's actually dope. Yeah. Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I was just talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday. Uh, We were at a luncheon. And sometimes I'm like, I got to get in like network mode. Like I want to meet somebody. Like you said, like you have to make it a goal. Some days I'm in it. Some days I'm out of it. Some days I just want to chill and just Mm -hmm. be present. But every time I leave, I'm like, damn, I wish I would have talked to her. She was Mm -hmm. so dope or she was so cool. You know what I mean? So I think what you do there by setting a goal Mm -hmm. and following up is the key. Yep. And I make it easy. Just one person. Like I'm truly an introvert. I don't need to work the room at every event. But if I meet one dope person and follow up with them, that's good enough. That's I love that. And the fact that you said you're an introvert because my sister's an introvert and she needs to hear this story (laughs) and she needs this advice right now because she'll call me and she'll be like, I need you to come to this event with me. You know why? Because she wants me to talk to everyone. I'll talk oh, to anyone yeah. and everyone all day long, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like introverted women and men, they need to learn little like tools like this yep. that, that'll help. Totally. You know what I mean? So you don't have to be overly extroverted. Mm-hmm. You can make it simple and sweet. Yep. I love that. Yeah. That's so dope. So it's been successful for you. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. So the birth of the Balanced Black Girl podcast, it originated in Seattle. Yeah. Tell me all about it. Why did you start it? Yes. So I actually started off as a fitness blogger. Really? I, yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Your I was a fitness blogger. So I get it. God bless you. <laughs> um, I was a personal trainer for years, about five years. And wow. uh, I kind of built a personal training career on the side of my like corporate communications and finance career. That's mm-hmm. what I've done kind of this whole time. And I started a fitness blog back in 2014 that started growing where I would share workouts, recipes, did kind of the Instagram thing. Like I did all of that. And I did that for a number of years and started building an audience. And that's what your handle was. Yeah. It's so it's so embarrassing. It it? was it was Balanced Berry because my blog was called The Balanced Berry. And I don't. People ask me all the time, like, is your last name Barry? Do you like berries? I'm like, no, I don't know. I like alliteration. So I wanted another word that started with B. I I love it. Dude, look, we've all had handles. Okay. (laughs) That's how they go. Yes, yes, exactly. It was, it was balanced Barry. And, um, in 2018, I just had a really rocky, I had a rocky year, 2018 and 2019. I had like a rocky couple of years. I had everything from getting laid off to my job, to having a really tough breakup, to Mm. my grandmother passing away. Like I just had, you name it, health scares, you name it. I had it happen kind of between. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it was a lot. Um, 
And I decided that I wanted to take a break from working in fitness because I was just, I was burnt out of it. I was burnt out of working out all the time. I was burnt out of caring so much about what my body looked like. It was hard as a personal trainer to have clients and constantly be working with everyone else's body image issues. I just needed to take a break. Wow. Yeah. So you had your own issues with your body as a fitness instructor. Oh, totally. Yeah. Is that common? Oh, yeah. In the fitness industry, for sure. How do you even like combat that? I mean, oh, you, yeah. you guys have, I mean, when I think about it, yeah, your body has to be on like your business card. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. So was it hard for you? Oh, to yeah. To maintain that? Totally. I I've mean, never thought about that less. Oh, yeah. My body image was the lowest when I was working in fitness. Wow. Because I equated how my body looked with how successful I was going to be. Because it makes sense. You're a fitness trainer. Yeah. You're on Instagram. Your platform is about your body. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So your life probably became all about your image, your body image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I got sick of it. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Did you deal with anything ever, like any sicknesses or any disorders? No, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully thank I never had I'm an eating so disorder. For that. Yeah. I know some of my friends that have had it and I'm just always like, wow. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that we all need to talk about more of. Mm-hmm. I think body image and body dysmorphia, yep. it's something that we as women really need to start bringing to the table Absolutely. now because yeah. it's sad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what we see in society and media, it's, a lot of it's filtered and not real and photoshopped and Snapchatted and yep. all this stuff. And yep. it's just like, it's not real, guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. That's so interesting to me. Wow. So yeah. And especially for our next generation. I mean, I think about people our age, it's like we came up with social media a little bit later. It wasn't really until like college where social media really became a thing. But for these young girls now who are looking at Instagram and they're 10, 11 years old, it's just being implanted so much earlier, these these thoughts. And it's, ugh. Oh, I can't even. I can't even. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, literally. Okay. (laughs) So let's get back to Fitness Berry. Back to fitness, back to Balance Berry and how it turned into uh, Balanced Black Girls. So by 2018, I had just had enough. I was like, I'm going to take a break from fitness. I ended working with all of my clients. I had totally stopped posting on social media. I was like, I just need to take a break. And while I was taking my social media break, I was getting these messages from women saying, hey, Les, I know you're taking a break right now, but you're the only person I see who looks like me who's interested in fitness. Or when I look wow. for people who are doing the wellness thing, you're the only black girl that I see. And so I'll be, I'll appreciate when you come back, basically. Yeah. And I was getting these messages over and over, yeah. kind of at the same time that I went from being a creator of wellness things to trying to be more of a consumer of it and practice mm-hmm. my own self-care. Right. And I was going to all these events, realizing that I was the only woman of color in the room. And I'm like, something's not matching. Like I know so many other women of color who care so much about their health, who want to be a part of this, but they're not being included in these conversations. Interesting. And so it like hit me one day. I was like, that's what I need to do. Like I need to start having more conversations about this. And I was like, I'm burnt out of fitness and wellness content, but maybe I can create something to introduce my audience to other women of color who are creating that content. And that's cool. Yeah, that's how it was born. That is so cool. You you found something that was lacking and you knew that there was an answer. Mm-hmm. So you gave your community the answer they've been looking for. Yeah. Through balanced black girl. Yeah. That is so dope. Do you think there's a reason why, you know, a woman of color can't find other women of color interested in health and wellness? Is it is there really a lack in that or is it just they're not looking hard enough? 
I don't think there's a lack of interest. I definitely do think that there is a lack of representation mm-hmm. in a lot of the major platforms. Yeah. You go to like the really big wellness platforms and you look at who they're featuring. Yes. Or even if you just Google like fit woman, right. happy woman, yoga, like right. you will see images of smiling, thin, white women. Yeah. So anybody who is not that is like, okay, well, I'm interested in this, but this isn't for me, yeah. right? They can't identify with anybody. There's no representation. Exactly. Yeah, and so then when you see somebody who looks more like you or mm. who has shared an experience more similar to yours, that makes you think, okay, cool, I can do it because that person, because I see that person doing it, I know I can do it. I know it's wow. for me as well. Wow. Yeah. It's true. This whole inclusivity right now and representation, it really matters. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be driven more than Mm -hmm. ever. So how dope it is that you created Balanced Black Girl to drive (laughs) this inclusivity. So fucking cheers to you, dude. (laughs) Thanks for doing that, honestly. Because I know there's so many, I mean, your platform is great. You have an incredible following. Um, I listened to one of the podcasts (laughs) and they're fun and they're entertaining, but you're learning Mm -hmm. always in wellness from women of color. And it's so important. You know, I feel like community needs community. Yeah. And in my experience, I just find, like you said, if I don't see somebody that looks like me, yeah. it's kind of hard to relate. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that just because I'm mixed or I look like this, mm-hmm. I can't relate to a white woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I can relate to a white woman in other ways too. Mm-hmm. However, there's just something about inclusivity and representation yeah. that needs to be more noticeable. Totally. Like there's always going to be a piece that's missing, right? Like I was consuming a lot of self-care content that was created by white women. And there were aspects of it that I could relate to. We're talking about maybe sexism that they were experiencing or whatever, but I'm like, okay, I think about the other things I'm experiencing. And I'm like, yes, I go to work and I experience sexism. And then I also experience racism. And then I also looking at everything, make even less money to do the same job. And so it's like the reasons I need to practice self-care, there's more to it Mm. than just what Mm -hmm. some of those main platforms are talking about. So I need to hear from people who are dealing with the same things I'm dealing with. So you're not alone. Yeah. I think that's the key. Yeah. Because we feel alone. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. and we're not alone. Because yeah. there's somebody else that's dealing with the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're yep. bringing awareness to that, which is so beautiful. Thank you. Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts. So you got the idea. Yeah. What did you do when you get the idea? Where were you? Oh, where was that? Yeah, where were you? Did you write it down? Oh, I I think I was at work at my, like nine to five that I had at the time. So your nine to five, you were in finance. Uh, where was I was a social media manager. At the okay, time. cool. Yeah, I was a social cool. media manager at the time. So I got the idea. I got like, I don't know how woo-woo you are, but I'm pretty woo-woo. So I got <laughs> what felt like a download, Balanced Black Girl, Make It a Podcast, wrote it down while I was at work, went home, immediately purchased the URL, Wow. immediately ordered a microphone off of Amazon and launched the podcast like 10 days later. Like wow. I just jumped in. I didn't even You were like, think you knew it. what you were doing. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This yeah. Spent the next 10 days launching the podcast, reaching out to people to interview, building a new website. 
and just launched it. That's ex- were you nervous? Were you excited? Oh, I was like, terrified. How were you I was terrified. I thought I thought that I was basically going to lose my audience that I had built and had to start over. Yeah. Is what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. The opposite happened. People rallied around it. Were so supportive. If anything, like my audience has exploded since then. Yeah. But I was terrified. Wow. Yeah. Did you know how the podcast world worked? I mean, you were in Seattle <laughs> no at this time, right? Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. So you did a lot of research. A ton. Yeah. Do it on your own. And you still produce it on your own. Mm-hmm. Which is so I I give so much praise <laughs> to people that produce their own podcasts. It's a lot of work. It is. It's not easy. And I yeah. think, you know, people that listen mm-hmm. and watch podcasts, they yeah. think it's, you know, it's just great content, but it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of work yep. that goes behind them creating dope ass content mm-hmm. for your listeners. So mm-hmm. cheers to you, dude, for doing that. All of it. Who was your very first podcast? Oh, my very first one. So my first couple of podcasts were solo episodes. I did one oh. that was just kind of introducing myself, yeah. introducing the idea. Just so smart. Yeah. Just I so that, that people could like have a reference point. Yes. And then... I'm all about repurposing things. So I took a couple of my old blog posts from the Balance Berry that were more advice yeah. driven and I basically like read them. Uh, no, that's a great idea. Just to get something out there. Yeah. And then I did that for maybe the first like three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing interviews. And so the first woman I interviewed was uh, my friend Chrissy King, who is amazing. Oh, awesome. She's another incredible black woman in the wellness space who has also been very vocal about the importance of inclusive uh, mm-hmm. inclusion in wellness for a long time. I reached out to her as soon as I got the idea. I was like, Chrissy, I have this idea. Here's what I want to do. Will you be my first guest? Oh, and she was dope. like, of course. So that interview always holds a, a special place in my heart. That's amazing. <laughs> you know what I love that she said you repurpose? I do that shit oh, all yeah. the time totally no one's gonna time. read my old blog post from no. 2014 sometimes i'll be like nobody ever reads my blog post and i remember no. when blog posts were like a thing yes and i took thing. a lot of work and i oh, would yeah. write and it would take me hours sometimes days to complete a blog post oh yeah oh my god i'm gonna go blogging back was so much harder than podcasting oh my god <laughs> writing takes so much longer than the editing speaking. the images yeah. all that stuff yep. and i love I, I could do this all day i could talk to you all day long Literally, I could talk to any person all day long on the podcast <laughs> versus where it's blogging. It's yeah. just like, but repurposing content, I think it's something that people are scared to do. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have to understand it's still great content yeah. and always feel comfortable to repurpose your mm-hmm. great content. You totally. created it. Oh, yeah. Repurpose it. And yeah. like for you, for instance, you started this dope ass platform off of that. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. freaking awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited for you. What do you think right now needs to be changed in the wellness arena? Mm. Maybe through your experiences, you know, interviewing these women. Yeah. Um, when I interview women, I always find a commonality. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any commonalities within the women of wellness that have been on your podcast where you're like, there needs to be a change here? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. Honestly, so many things. I mean, the first that comes to mind, at least at the time we're recording this, it's early March. So we just had February pass. Yes. February, Black History Month. I got reached out to to be featured in a lot of different platforms. And I know a lot of women that I've interviewed did as well, which Mm. is great. That's amazing. And I will probably hear crickets until next December, January, when platforms start focusing on that again. Like it's not a year round thing for a lot of platforms. It is a February thing. Only. And Mm. I think that that's a problem. Like it needs to be a continued conversation all year long, bringing in different 
our perspectives of people from different backgrounds, different genders, different bodies, different abilities. I think we're starting to have those conversations, but there's still so much more that can be done there. Wow, that's such a great point. What do you think brands can do? Do you think, I mean, they should be featuring all inclusivity period at this yeah, point, yeah. but they still don't. They still don't. I mean, I think a lot of brands just don't think about it. Yeah. They just don't, they think of it as a special interest thing, not a, this is important all the time thing, mm. but it is. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, Representation is important all the damn time yeah. in every wavelength. Yeah. Wow. I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. This was actually the first year that I feel like I really noticed it, yeah. having been on the other side of it, right. of like when I was getting reached out to to participate right. in things. And you noticed it and I you're just like, it. wow. Yeah. And I was like, huh. I love that. <laughs> so brands, it needs to not just be a February thing. It needs to be an every damn month thing. Yeah. Period. Yep. And you're so damn right. Wow. That's so interesting. Now I'm thinking about like what, how my February went. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yep. Yep. Is there anything else that you could you would say that's common amongst the women in the wellness that you think that it's like time for a change? Totally. I mean, I think I love right now that in terms of wellness and content in general, we're kind of taking a turn from everybody giving advice and trying to like be the loudest and being the biggest expert to sharing stories. Yeah. I think shows like yours, shows yeah. like mine, Thank you. just giving women space to share their stories, I think is mo- more powerful than anybody yeah. trying to be an expert in anything. I agree. Because we own our narrative and we can talk about our experiences and really we kind of touched on this earlier, when we share our stories, that's when we know we're not alone. I think if there's anything I've learned, and I'm, I'm curious if you've experienced this as well, mm-hmm. is that nobody is the only person to experience something. Hell no. <laughs> None of us. None of us. For nothing. Zero. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. We've all experienced the same shit. Yep. The thing is that we just don't talk about it. Exactly. And for many reasons. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's a shame. Yeah. And it makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have podcasts like Girl, We Got This in you know, the balanced black girl to share these narratives that need to be told. Exactly. I feel like we all struggle, Mm -hmm. but we could all struggle less Mm -hmm. if we share our stories and help each other from our struggles. Yes. You know what I mean? And we can own our stories. Yes. It's nothing to be shamed about. Yeah. You know, because I feel like as a woman, especially, every failure is a lesson Mm -hmm. and we go through a lot of shit, Mm -hmm. but we get back up and stronger than ever. Yeah. I've said this before on the podcast. I've never met a woman that wasn't strong. Mm-hmm. Diane von Furstenberg quoted that. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. So why aren't we sharing it more and being more real and more raw? Yeah. It, the time is now yeah. more than ever. Yeah. And you why know? do we assume everyone else's lives are easier than ours? Or yeah. that everyone else's, we all know we're all on Instagram doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so why do we still assume that that's like reality for everybody? Yeah. We know it's not. We know it's not. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, and I think it's cool. There's two women right here that are bringing that narrative to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And bringing it to mm-hmm. to surface because that's what needs to be talked about. I mean, yeah. Les and I were just at the elevator and we were talking about like our week. And I was like, bro, I've, I've been in a, low-key, I've been in a rut, you know? Mm-hmm. I had a lot of work going on. Emotionally, yeah. I've been all over the place. And I was like, bro, it's Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. And Les was like, yeah, dude, same. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I feel that so hard. Yep. And then it's like, well, why didn't I reach out to somebody? You know what I mean? Yeah. While I was yeah. going through this yeah. time. You know what I mean? Some days I just lock myself in the room yeah. and I go through it by myself. Yeah. Or I'll write. That's what I do therapeutically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so interesting. And it's it's a little thing where it's DMing or texting a girlfriend being like, yo, how are you feeling, dude? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. little things like that. Exactly. 
I'm learning the same lesson. Are you? Yeah, it's hard. It's so interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting. So Balanced Blacker was born in Seattle. Mm -hmm. You brought it to LA. Yeah. How, how are you feeling it with the growth in LA, being new here? Oh my God. How's the so response? Good. I mean, I feel like I, being in Seattle, I was in kind of a vacuum. I yeah. mean, Seattle has less of a diverse population. And so I had kind of, I had tapped out that wellness scene pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. versus coming to LA. I mean, there's wellness everywhere. everywhere. Every event that I go to, anytime I do something that I'm remotely interested in, I connect with a dope person yes. who I can either learn something from or work with or put on the vision board to one day work mm -hmm. with if it's not the right time I do that yet. too. Yes. So that, I mean, that's been the most amazing thing yeah. is I'm like, wow, now there's so much more possibility yeah. in what I can do. You're in the city of dreams yeah. and you literally have, it's, everything's attainable here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I'm so glad that it's continuing. I mean, wellness yeah. here is huge. It's everything. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. And you are, you are literally in the best city yeah. in the best time. And you are at the time where, you know, diversity and inclusivity is, needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. And there's no better time than now. Exactly. And people are finally like open to hearing about yeah. it too. People are listening. Yeah. Which is even better. How are you, how do you feel about that? Like, I always ask my girlfriends how I have podcasts. I'm like, do you like check the listeners? Do you like make sure like the listeners are up? Like, how do you feel when like, you know, people are listening to you and what you're bringing to the table? How does that make you feel? It's so weird. I forget yeah. sometimes. I forget because I'll just do something and I'll put it out in the world. And then usually when I'll get something back of someone Responding. reaching out, yes. I'm like, I don't even know this person. Yeah. This person listened. It's, it's not my mom. Yeah. Like, I don't even know her. <laughs> no. And she found it. And that's when it's always so surreal. But when I get those messages from women just talking about how it's helped them, mm -hmm. how it's helped them through a situation or how they now take better care of themselves or they're going to the doctor for the first time in years or they're wearing sunscreen for the first time and they've never yeah. done that before. Stuff like that. I'm like, wow, this yeah. is this is impactful. It's, this is why I do this. And I think that's the biggest thing. You're making yeah. an impact and you're changing lives. Is there any one moment where a specific listener was like, you change this that you will never forget. Mm. I mean, some of the some of the examples that I just had were yeah. like amazing. I'd once gotten an email from a woman. I mean, basically just saying that she had been really struggling and had been burnt out for years. And mm. she's finally now starting to prioritize herself and wow. stand up to people in her life and how much better she feels. And I was like, I mean, I cried. And that's all because yeah. of the balanced black girl. Just, yeah, because they felt like that's they so had something dope. to relate to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Moments like that makes you so fulfilled. Like, because yeah. sometimes, you know, like you said, we record and we put it out there. That's all we do. You yeah. don't feel the immediate, you know, fulfillment yep. when you create content. Yeah. Until you get responses like that. Yeah. And I have to check myself too, because yeah. as a content creator, I'm like, I put it out and I'm like, okay, on to the next. I'm always like, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Right. Especially for continuous content right. that sometimes I, I forget. And getting to hear from listeners, getting to hear from the community really helps me put that into perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, g getting feedback, getting real feedback and raw feedback is the only way we can grow our platforms. Yeah. So like to all of our listeners, like thank you for your feedback and your reviews and your shares and everything because yeah. that's how we grow and that's how we get to continue to impact our community. Exactly. Honestly and yeah. truly. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you feel about, I know you probably heard about the honeypot situation. Mm, yeah. I wanted to ask you how you feel about oh, this. So yeah. to brief you, 
listeners on the honeypot the honeypot is a black owned business she was she appeared in target Mm -hmm. and she had a dope ass commercial out and the ending was something along the lines of now when a, a black girl comes here, she knows that she can dream as well. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. It was something, yeah. She said I don't like, know verbatim. I don't either, but it was something along the lines of like, when young black girls see my product on a shelf, it, they see that they can execute their dreams yes. as well. If they have yes. an idea for a business, they can see that it's possible yes. to be out there. It was along those terms. Something like that. Totally. I added way too many yeah, words. Same, but, same thing. <laughs> but it was something along those yes. lines. And there's, they literally took it off air it's off i think so yeah Yeah. because there was all this backlash and racist comments about that one comment yeah how do you feel about that because you know i i I was wondering do people think that because of the title of your podcast Mm -hmm. do people is it is it really that significant still in our world First, let's yeah. get to the honeypot yeah. quote. Yeah. What do you feel about that situation? Yeah, so that's super interesting. I was reading a lot about it on Twitter yeah. a couple of days ago because that was where I saw it. I saw people posting about it on Twitter and I was reading through some of the comments, which can be like a scary yeah. place. And it was interesting because it was it was interesting to see what people took that comment as. I yes. took it very literal of a black woman owned business being in the largest retailer in the country mm-hmm. can inspire other black yes. young black girls yes. to execute their ideas Period. that to me doesn't say anything about people who are not black not being able to use the product that doesn't say anything about other people not being able to mm-hmm. execute their dreams mm-hmm. and ideas that to me says i did this people like me can now do it be empowered mm-hmm. but people took it as the opposite people yeah. took that as oh it's racist these products are only for black people this and that and i'm like under no circumstances was that said at all. At all. And I think for anybody who was offended by that comment, it's probably a good moment to reflect on why. Why mm. does giving young black girls something to dream about and look up to bother someone so bad? And mm-hmm. I usually when I get kind of confronted with racist things, if I entertain it, I, I usually will combat it with a question. I'll be like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, tell me more mm. about that. Because then it kind of forces the person who's saying it to, to reflect to reflect and, and to, yeah, they, then they start Ooh. answering their own questions. And so that's what I would ask is I'm like, why, why is that so bothersome? Why yeah. is that such a bad thing? It's so true. Literally, why? Yeah. And then... You get your answer. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was absurd. Honey oh, Pot yeah. Co. is an yeah. incredible feminine wash yeah. um, care yeah. product line. Yeah. I use her products mm-hmm. all the time. They're yeah. so, so amazing. Yeah. Her products are unreal. Yeah. And they're for every woman. Yeah. She doesn't discriminate the against The slogan anybody. is made made for humans with vaginas by humans with vaginas. That's yes. the most like, inclusive <laughs> The first one, <laughs> the most the best exclusive one, motto ever. That's the best motto ever, too. Yeah. Literally made for humans with a vagina, for humans with a vagina. Yeah. It's for all of us. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's inclusive. Yeah. It, sometimes, like, it just makes me stop and think, like, people are fucking nuts. Yeah. And it's sad. It Because sometimes in my life, I feel like we've made progress in certain places. But then moments like this, I'm like, yo, we still have so much work to do. Why do people still feel so strongly? I mean, the silver lining is the sales are like through the roof for Honeypot. And I think it has sparked so many. Yeah, Yeah. it sparked so many important conversations. And so, yeah, it's just going to help, you know, do the change that's needed because it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? I totally. And I thought about that. 
you know, and I thought, okay, so Les might deal with the same thing with the Balanced Black Girl podcast. You I have know, at times, yeah. Do you? Yeah, because I was yeah. like, I wonder if she has like people that confront her about that. Period. Not as much on my platform directly because I think I think because my platform is still smaller. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like an indie podcast that I produce myself. So it's like the people it appeals to are either black women right. who see themselves represented right. or people who consider themselves allies who yeah. want to learn more yeah. are the ones who are drawn to it. I have had experiences where I've either worked with brands on sponsored content and then a brand will like promote something that Balanced Black Girl is doing on their larger platforms mm. and being promoted to a larger audience of like all different kinds of people. Then, then they'll have comments of be like, well, why does it have to be right? this? Actually, I had the most amazing moment last year, um, got to meet Michelle Obama with a Woo! group of some of the Balanced Black Girl ladies. I had a book club in Seattle around Balanced Black Girl, and we got to have a book club meeting with Michelle Obama because we read Becoming. Congrats. It was girl. amazing. And so she, well, she, her team, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Michelle was in the back writing the Instagram <laughs> caption, but maybe. But her team was so great. And they wrote this beautiful caption from her all about what it means to be a balanced black girl, because I got to ask her that question. And so like posted it on her platform. Obviously, she has the biggest platform in the world. And so, yeah, there were totally a lot of people yeah. in the comments who were super upset about that language of balanced black girl. Yeah. Like, why does it have to be a yeah. black girl? Why can't it just be balanced? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because it's Michelle. O like, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think on those larger platforms where it's it, it reaches kind of anybody and everybody that mm -hmm. does happen, I will say thankfully and hopefully it stays this way. <laughs> yeah. I don't get a lot of that in my yeah. corner Good. because I think the people who it's meant to appeal to, it, it appeals it does. to. Yes. Period. Yes. And I feel like you have the best comeback. You ask them. Why do oh, I ask questions? You? Yeah. Yeah. Why why are you mad? Yeah. <laughs> why are you mad? Bro? <laughs> Actually, it's, that's the realest thing you could say. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. You know what you're doing it for and you know your purpose and you know your mission. Yeah. And I feel like that's the key to any business. Yeah. Stick to the mission. Yep. You can't entertain anything or anybody else. Yeah. Because I feel like white women can listen to it too. Asian yeah. women can listen to it too. And they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anybody can listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. The people that take offense to something, they have another issue. Yeah. And it's not yours. Yeah. Period. End of story. So with that being said, what is a balanced black girl, Les? Oh. <laughs> I mean, you asked Michelle Obama. I Let know. me ask the creator herself, Les. What is a balanced yeah. black girl? Totally. This is like one of my favorite questions. And I usually ask it to most of the guests on the on the podcast. I have interviewed some women of color who are not black women. And mm -hmm. so usually I'll, I'll phrase it a little bit differently because I think that balance is an individual thing. I yeah. think each of us... Um, can have our own definition of balance depending on on what's going on for us. But for me personally, my definition of being balanced is being really in tune with what my needs are and giving myself what I need in that moment. So there are going to be some times where I can be workaholic, killing it at work, doing all the things or super social, work in the room, networking every night. And there are some times where I need to retreat and chill. I feel that all. Yes, I, that's currently my mode. And and knowing how to check in with myself and give myself what I need at each moment right. to feel my best is is how I define balance. That's incredible. That's the definition of balance, yeah. what you just said, honestly. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's balance. Yeah. I mean, people think that it's all things in equilibrium, and I disagree with that. No, I don't think I everything is ever in equilibrium. I don't think that can actually coexist. No. I mean, if it does... Can great life you freaking <laughs> yeah, have dude because congrats. like honestly like congrats you've achieved what we've all been trying to achieve yeah 
Yeah, because it, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. And it, it ebbs and flows. I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about beforehand about um, cohabitating. Yes. And you were kind of saying like you're super busy with yes. business and like all of these other things going on that that's not something that you yet are thinking about. Right. But when you do think about it, yes. your definition of balance is going to be totally different. Yes. And that's okay. It's going to yes. adjust because life has adjusted. Everything's always in limbo and everything's yeah. always changing. We're yeah. always evolving. Mm -hmm. So what balance might mean to me today mm -hmm. might mean something different to me tomorrow. Yeah. Because when I was... Coming here, I was like, what does balanced black girl mean to me? Because I feel like I'm a, I'm off balance right now. <laughs> I'm that off balance black girl. I'm not balanced. Like, I'm just not yeah. to be 100. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I told you Mercury Retrograde has got me. I had a lot of business stuff last week and yeah. some emotional things I was going through. And I was just like, I'm off. Yeah. Right now, I'm not balanced. So mm -hmm. I got to listen to the balanced black girl right now <laughs> to get back on my shit. Real talk. Yeah. Because I feel like... People need to know. They probably look at us and think we're always balanced yeah. or we're always got it together. Mm -hmm. Dude, I don't. Yeah. I don't know about you, Les, but like mm -mm. I'm off some okay. days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Some days more than, than I'm balanced. Yep. But it's always the comeback. Yep. You know, it's always how do you get back to that balance? Exactly. So with that being said, when you feel off, how do you get back? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah. I actually just posted on Instagram or I posted a story about this yesterday that a lot of people responded to and really appreciated because I've been really overwhelmed the past couple of weeks. And I posted basically a story that was like, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Here's like bullet point by bullet point what I'm doing with mm -hmm. it. So in this instance, it was focusing on the things that are like must do's yeah. and not worrying about things that can wait. I recently had some cool opportunities come up that I just had to say no to for yeah. my health, for my well-being. Mm -hmm. And I said that it was hard for my ego, but good for my health because that's how it was. It would have yeah. required me to travel. It would have just put a lot of stress on me that right. I just couldn't take. Right. And I had to say no. And that was hard. But it's going to help me feel less overwhelmed in the long run. Right. And I, I asked for help with some things that I was stuck on, like the bullet point by bullet point. Like that's what I did. And then once I did all of those things, I took myself to the beach and oh, like meditated that. because that's why I moved to LA so yeah. I could do that. And <laughs> in that instance, when I was feeling off balance, yeah. like that's those are the exact steps I took just yesterday wow. <laughs> to feel better. To get back on track. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful. You have to have a plan, a get back up plan. I always say that. Yeah. I have a get back up plan. I yeah. always literally have to tell myself, yep. girl, I got this. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. In my lowest lows, mm -hmm. I, that's how this podcast became. <laughs> was because I always told myself, I got this. Yeah. Like, I got this. And then I found my tribe and I was like, we got this. And then I was able to get back up. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think that's so key. And I think for our listeners, you know, having a plan and being aware of yep. what you're going through. First, acknowledging yeah. it's always the key. Yeah. And knowing what makes you strong enough to get back up after you're off. Exactly. And take that time for yourself mm -hmm. and not feel shameful in doing that. Yeah. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like as a working woman, as an entrepreneur, you always have to go, 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 go. And like oh, you yeah. can never like take a break because you feel like FOMO or you're missing oh, yeah. out on something. Like you just said oh, low key, sure. like you didn't take those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I because usually when I have low time or not low time downtime. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my brain. No, oh, you're a good girl. In the brain. <laughs> Whenever I take downtime, I do struggle with guilt of like, man, I should be getting work done. Or mm. if I weren't taking this time to like lay in bed and read, I could be doing something to make myself so much more successful. I could be getting ahead, and I have to 
I'm constantly working to reframe those thoughts of no, actually you laying in bed and reading, you letting yourself sleep in is productive. Yes. Because when you do those things and you recharge, that's when you have the energy to do what you need to do. And these past couple of days, mm-hmm. I pushed through that and I was like, no, I got to do it. I got to grind. And I crashed hard. And I that's when I was like, see what happens when you don't allow yourself time to yep. recharge. And it's a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Don't feel shame. Nope. Learn from it. Yep. Learn what you just said. You crashed and then you got back up. And yeah. I think that's the key to yeah. life for all of us. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I crashed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm still low-key in the crash mode, <laughs> to be completely honest. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I know this weekend I'm going to go and take my time and get myself back yep. up. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm going to do my less plan. I'm going to plan <laughs> it out. And I'm going to be actually, I'm going to Laguna Beach this weekend. To That's my oh, beach, dude. Yes. I feel you on the beach. The beach, the water, so the waves. It's instant. Yeah, it kind of just sets me at ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like nothing matters in that moment. Yep. It's just water, is it? It's it for me. Yeah. So I'm going this weekend yeah. to kind of like rebalance yep. and get back to that balance of black girl. Yep. Because that is me. Yep. You know what I mean? But it's okay if you're not balanced right now. And it's okay to not be okay. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the yeah. way to get back. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think it's okay to have FOMO too. Like I've I've had to tell myself. FOMO didn't kill you. You no. had FOMO about a lot of things and you, you still <laughs> did here. You, you didn't yeah. know. You miss, you didn't do yes. XYZ. You weren't invited to XYZ. You'll be all right. Yeah. You're still breathing. It's okay. <laughs> Literally. It's okay. Yes. It's so true. Because in that little moment of time, in that moment of space in our life, we feel like our world revolves around this little opportunity yep. or a huge opportunity. Yep. And in the grand scheme of life in things, yep. it's so small and minor. Yep. They come and go. Yeah. yeah. And as long as you're on your path, as long as you're being purposeful, yep. as long as you're living in your light, yep. it's, they're always going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a huge believer that what's for me will not miss yes. me. Yes. It won't. I like that. Can yeah. you say that one more time? Yeah. What's for me won't miss me. One of my girlfriends told me that. Yeah. When I was going through a breakup. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you're yep. right. You're right. Let yep. him miss me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's fact. Especially then. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. What's for me will not miss me yep. in every aspect of life. Exactly. And I truly, truly believe that. I want to go back and talk about some of the, your struggles in 2018. Mm, yeah. I like to hear people's journeys. You know, I talk about my journey, mm-hmm. relationships to, I just lost my grandfather. Mm, um, getting back up from that, yeah. you know, do you want to share a story, whether it was the relationship or the loss of your grandmother? How did yeah. you get back up and how did that affect you? Because I know a lot of us go through loss and heartbreak, yep. um, job getting laid off. Yeah. Um, can you touch on all one of those situations? Of I know there was a lot <laughs> or all of the above. Saturn return kicked my butt. Oh. That was my Saturn return and it was, wow. it was really rough. Yeah. I mean... That's such a good question because I think in a lot of ways, I'm still kind of working on it. I'm still Mm -hmm. working through those things because at that time, my response was to immediately lean into work and to start overworking myself. Same thing less. Yeah. Like I... I worked through those things by starting Balanced Black Girl and having this idea for a podcast and jumping in and launching it 10 days later and going nonstop until literally now I'm like starting to really process process a lot of those things. It's a distraction. Yeah. We distract ourselves from yeah. healing uh-huh. and facing yes. realities that we have to face. Oh, yeah. 100%. I... Uh, it's funny because I just had a really good kind of growth and healing moment this past weekend. So I had a really bad breakup. Well, 
The breakup started in 2017 and took us like a full year to actually break up. Girl, been there, done that. Started in 2017, ended in 2018. You're not texting him anymore. Exactly. Until you just block and (laughs) be blocked and be blessed. Um, (laughs) And so my way of dealing with that when my heart was broken was to just completely cut him off, not talk, not acknowledge it, not acknowledge that I was hurt, not acknowledge that he even existed. Just pretend like he didn't. Yes. We were together for like four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so my way of dealing with it was to just completely ignore him and just act like he didn't exist, like the relationship didn't exist. I don't need him. I'm not sad. I'm not upset. Just completely. In 2018, that was what I did. Right. Girl, won't you know, this past weekend, I was in Seattle and ran into him and I hadn't seen him in two years. And neither of us even live in Seattle. We both just happened to be in Seattle and happened to be in the same spot. Like he was at the bar of the hotel I was staying in. Wow. Randomly, neither of us even live in Seattle anymore. And naturally in that moment, I saw him and I shut down and I didn't really acknowledge him. We both like saw each other and were like, and then just kind of went our separate ways. And I was like, don't do this again. Acknowledge it. Like acknowledge what happened. And so I reached out to him and I texted him and I was like, hey, I think we were both probably pretty shocked to see each other. Assumed you're in town celebrating your birthday, like happy birthday. Hope all is well with you. Basically just to acknowledge it. That's really big of you. Girl, because normally I'm I'm not. No, I've been there, girl. (laughs) I'm proud of you for doing that. Thank you. I was so proud of myself. I was like, I I don't do things like that. I don't acknowledge like, hey, I saw you and hey, this is weird. And like, uh, you know, and it totally ended up being like totally fine. And then I was over it. But if I would have still been ignoring it, acting like it didn't happen, I'd still be festering over it days later. And it would, you know, be eating you up. Yeah. 24 seven. Yeah. And now it's like, eh. It's because you're evolving. Yeah. That growth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you think that you'll ever face, ever talk to him about the breakup or anything? Did you ever have that closure? Not really. No, not really. I don't think so. I feel like I have, I think I have the closure that I need. Honestly, I don't, I don't know if he does or not. Uh, He is definitely the more kind of emotional of the two of us and the more like wanting to talk about things than, than me. I mean, maybe I don't, I don't know if there's really anything else that I, I feel like I need though. Honestly, I think what just happened was kind of the last, even just acknowledging it and acknowledging him and acknowledging how funny of a situation that was. And, you know, how ironic. How ironic. And I made fun of him. I was like, you look like you saw a ghost. <laughs> oh, you kind of did. And, you know, you just like, like poked damn. a joke. Yeah. yeah. And poked a joke at it. And, you know, and, and let it just kind of diffuse. But yeah. I, even a year ago, in the moment, didn't do that. Yeah. And, you know. A lot of us don't. We don't face our, we don't face our issues because we're scared yeah. or we're nervous or we're, we don't want to feel the feelings. Yep. You know, I was in a relationship for a long time, too. All my 20s. Yeah. And... It was a breakup, like you said, same thing. Mm-hmm. Broke up, we weren't broken up. Mm-hmm. It was on and off. And it's, how do you deal with it? Yeah. Heartbreak, you know, to all of our listeners, it's normal. It yeah. happens yeah. to all of us. Yeah. We all cope differently. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we all heal differently. It's, yeah. Healing is not linear. Nope. I want everybody to know that. Heartbreak is so much stronger than what I say it to be. Heartbreak yeah. hurts. Yeah. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Yeah. I still go to therapy, you know what I mean? Yeah. To help me through, you know, everything, yeah. all my losses in life. Yeah. Cause you know, I feel like when you're with a human being for so long, mm-hmm. 
then you just don't coexist with them. Isn't that yeah. wild? Like, yeah. You think about that. Oh, How yeah. much you shared with another human being. Totally. And then for all of a sudden something happened and it's not it's there. Gone. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Totally. I mean, that was that was something that I actually really struggled with in that situation yeah. because I had reached kind of my final straw with him. And that was when I kind of blocked, cut off. Mm. And then a few weeks later was when my grandmother passed away. Wow. And so I was in this state of grief of so like... Sorry grieving both of them yes. and, I, and when she passed away i felt like i don't even have anyone to talk to he mm. was my best friend right i it's not healthy for me to talk to him right now and so i'm just going to kind of sit with this but the state of grief that i felt in that moment mm. kind of grieving both of them was really really hard you can only imagine yeah that's two major losses yeah wow Les, how did you bounce back i started going to therapy yeah at that at that time. I'm proud of yeah. you. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, that's, that was, I was like, for me I was too. like, I have to, I got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> you need help. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're so, we're so scared to ask for help. Mm -hmm. It's okay to need help. Yeah. We all need some sort of help. Yeah. Therapy was the key for me too. Yeah. I'm so glad therapy helped you through it, mm -hmm. dude, because feeling alone is the worst feeling. I remember yeah. being depressed in my bed. I would have headaches to the point where I thought my head was going to explode. Mm. It was crazy. Yeah. Crying all the time, not yeah. wanting to do anything. My girlfriends would come over and lay with me in bed. Yeah. And I had to pick myself up. And I literally every day would say, you got this. Yep. You got this. Yep. I found a therapist mm -hmm. after I moved to LA. I got in my yeah. car and I moved to LA. Yeah. Found a therapist and started healing yeah. and started that process. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I wanted to share this story because I want people to know like, no matter what you're going through, we're all going through something. Yep. Some harder than others, yeah. some lighter than others. Yeah. You know, we all have had our super lows. So we can share our stories and help each other get through it. Yep. You know, and therapy was the key for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm so thankful yep. that that was able to guide you through healing. Yeah. And as you said, you know, you lean into work. Yeah. I feel like that's like a, an easy way it is. Well, it's praised because yeah. I call it, it's like productive trauma mm. and society will praise us for that. Like, oh my gosh, she's so dedicated. She's so about her business. Like, no, she's deeply traumatized and running through her problems and turning to exercise or turning to work, but we Not get healthy. praised for it. And so then we keep doing it. Yeah. Cause she's still going. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's such a good ass point girl only because i've done you got it me thinking right now i'm like damn that's <laughs> only because i've been doing it yeah that's <laughs> me too it. yeah because you keep going mm -hmm. and they, people are so proud of you yeah but it's so unhealthy yeah because you in in your soul and heart yeah aren't actually full you're just running off yeah. of work it's coming from the wrong place yeah yeah wow les you gotta i need a moment because now <laughs> i'm like i'm over here thinking like damn because it's true yeah We've all been there. Yeah. Yep. And we probably all are still going through it in yep. some type of way. Yep. You know, because like that balance. Mm -hmm. How do you find that balance? I met a woman on the podcast. Her name is Tamara Lore. Mm -hmm. I had her on. She's an incredible businesswoman. Yeah. She told me, she looked at me. She's like, balance doesn't fucking exist. I said, what? She's like, it doesn't. We have to blend. Yeah. We have to blend in life because mm -hmm. she's an entrepreneur. She's a mother. Yeah. She's a wife. She's like the chairman. She's on heads of so many huge programs yep. and you know she has so many great titles to live up to she has to blend everything in life because yep. she literally can't yep. balance yeah and she's accepted that yeah and so her thing was blending mm -hmm. and i and i that helped me too in yep. my life where i'm like totally. okay even if i'm off balance yep. let me blend exactly what's going on in my life and let me yeah. figure it out yeah but the key to everything is taking care of yourself first with that, yeah. what do you think is the key for your for your healing? 
Is it you going to the beach? Is it therapy? Is it the podcast? What was the key to kind of get you out of times where you feel off balance? Yeah, I'm definitely still learning. I think for me, it is not stuffing things down. Mm. I have a tendency to stuff things down, act like they're not bothering me, clam up, don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And for me, even if it's like acknowledging my feelings to myself, because I used to do that a lot, it's just be like, you're fine. Don't worry about it. You're not upset. This doesn't bother you. Thinking that things bother me is weak, you know? And even just acknowledging my feelings to myself Mm -hmm. and just not stuffing things down, whether I talk about it, whether I journal about it, whether I cry about it, just letting myself like emote has been huge. That's so huge. Feeling the feelings and being okay to let them off. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do that. I used to do that all the time. Yeah. I would hold things in. Yeah. And you guys, you know, when you hold things in, they make you sick. Yeah. Oh, your body is tuned to all of that did you ever did you ever i got sick there have been some times i've gotten sick yeah Yeah. thankfully not like too sick but times where my body is like slow down burnout i mean when i took a step back from fitness that was a big part of it It was like i just physically couldn't do the things i was doing anymore how was that transition how was that transition transitioning from fitness to the balanced black girl because you know when i sat here i didn't even know you were in fitness Mm -hmm. less yeah i had no idea about this I can only imagine the pace was different. So the different. mindset was different. The clients, well, your yep. community stayed with you because you're yeah. amazing, obviously. But how was that transition for you? You know, what was really interesting is that my relationship with fitness, I've learned recently was not as healthy as I thought. I mm. thought I'm just very motivated and I just care about my health so much. No, I was using (laughs) fitness because when I first started getting into fitness at the beginning of my career, right after college, I was very depressed. I was Mm. very unhappy. And so fitness was my outlet. It was the one thing that made me happy when I was very unhappy with my life. And so once I started healing more emotionally, I'm like, I still like fitness. I'm still active. I still exercise, but it's not the crutch I once thought it was when people thought that I was so fit and so motivated. And I learned that I actually don't care about fitness as much when I'm like emotionally healthier. And that's been like a big aha moment. I mean, I'm, I'm having a aha, aha moment right now with you because I think that's yeah. honestly a lot of women that I know mm-hmm. get into fitness yep. because of that. Yep. hundred percent. When yep. they're unhealthy, yep. when they come out of a relationship or when they're super down. Yep. Down on your job. Yeah. Feel like you maybe don't don't have the community you want. I was in a lot of friendships in my early 20s that just didn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'd rather just go to the gym than like hang out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Like literally, yeah. I would do things like that. I'm sure I, people are doing that now. Yeah, hated my job. And so going yeah. to the gym in the morning was how I got out of bed in the morning. Wow. But like that's, it wasn't coming from a healthy place. Wow. Yeah. That's so incredible. And it's so cool that you can look back at that now mm-hmm. and realize that yeah. and you're aware of that. Yeah. And you can hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Because I think that's what a lot of people that are dealing with that, because I'm sure yeah. there's some listeners right now that are like, damn, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm that girl. Yeah. What would you give that person advice that might be doing that right now? Yeah. That is going to the gym to hide what they're going through. Yeah. I would recommend they start really having an honest conversation with themselves about how they feel before they go while they're there and how they feel after Mm. like how do you feel before during and after if it's you feel good before you feel good during you feel good after great 
if you feel really down and you're using it as a tool to escape in a way that's like not yeah. that's too much because we know we know the difference between like feeling a little stressed out I'm going to run it off versus totally. I have something going on and I'm running away from yeah. it we know the difference yeah. and you know it in your gut you, you know, know it, in it. Your yeah you know it and your body will tell you does your body feel worn down does your body want a break mm. like how do you feel before during and after physically and emotionally and start like being really honest with yourself yeah. about that that's what I would recommend. Yeah. I think that's so powerful because a lot of people do that. A mm -hmm. lot of women especially yeah. do yeah. that. Well, and it's praised kind of like the overworking. Then we think she's so healthy. She's so motivated. She looks so good. She looks Look so good. After yeah. that breakup, she got back. She's, yeah. yeah. You know? I've done that. Yep. I've done that. Oh, same. Mm -hmm. But it's not healthy. No. Emotionally or physically. And that's just going to lead you down this path where... Yep. It's going to be very inconsistent and an inconsistent unhappiness, yeah. yep. which is not the goal. Yep. Wow. I feel like, you know, fitness is such, fitness and wellness is such a very, it's an interesting world for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not the most healthiest when it comes to vitamins and food <laughs> intake and all that stuff. I can, I can admit it. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> My sister, thank God for her. She yeah. helps me. She got me off Chick-fil-A. She got me off all that <laughs> shit. Um, I'm be 100 because that's, I was yeah. that girl. Girl, I used to eat Chick-fil-A like three times a week. Mm -hmm. I was living in Atlanta. It was on every corner. I, I was bet. busy. Yeah. I get Chick-fil-A. I didn't cook that much, <laughs> but I don't do that anymore. Okay. I don't. But the wellness world right now, there's just so much out there to yep. learn from. There's yeah. so many products out there. Yep. Um, it's so dope for me because jumping into it now, there's just so much, there's such a industry yeah. for me to jump into. Yeah. And listening to podcasts like The Balanced Black Girl. Yeah. You know, you guys give me so many different alternatives mm -hmm. and ideas and things that I've never even thought of to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's really cool what you're doing and you're creating the space for this community that needs this. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Keep killing it, man. Oh. I mean, I got to ask you more questions because there's so <laughs> many things that I want to know about you personally because I met Les at the expo. Yeah. And when I yeah. met her, I was like, she's so sweet. But I'm an energy person and I can mm -hmm. always feel if I'm going to click with somebody. Yeah. And I was like, she's special. And then I talked to Krista. Krista was like, I fucking love Les. Oh, Don't you know I Les? love I Krista. Like, yeah, I love her. Like, there's so much about you that I don't know about that I'm learning just right now today with you. And it's yeah. so empowering. So thank you for inspiring me on so many levels. Yeah. I had hella aha moments. <laughs> um, podcasting yeah. is your focus. Mm -hmm. It is your everyday. It is what you do. Yeah. For people that want to start a podcast. Yeah. I know there's so many listeners that probably were like you. Mm-hmm hated their job, mm -hmm. but they found something that was lacking and they want to say, hey, yeah. I want to create a podcast yeah. like Less. Yeah. How do they start? Yeah. And how do they market it? Mm -hmm. And how do they become satisfied with their content? Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like that's the podcast world in, mm -hmm. a, in a little quick nutshell. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, totally. I think the biggest thing when it comes to creating meaningful content, marketing it, growing a, an audience, is to do everything with the audience in mind. Mm -hmm. So every episode that I approach, whether it's something that I'm recording alone, whether I'm interviewing someone, 
I'm always thinking, what can my audience take from this? How can they be helped through that message? I want someone to listen to an episode of the podcast or to see something that we post on social media and to share it with their girlfriend who also needs to hear it because she's like, yo, this is exactly what we're dealing with. This is, you know, I want it to be that valuable. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes a lot of people can get very caught up in things being all about them. Mm. I just want a place to talk. And that's totally great. You can start a podcast just talking about whatever you want, but know that it's probably going to be harder to market if the listener doesn't feel like they're getting that right. value. 100%. And so I've found that in Growing Balanced Black Girl, it's grown the way it has and it's become what it has because it's it's meeting a real need because mm-hmm. listeners every episode can walk away either learning something new or feeling seen or feeling heard or having advice they can yeah. apply to their lives. Yes. Um, so that's that would be my advice in terms of marketing is and content creation is to always do it with your listener in mind because they're the reason you're there. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of getting started, starting a podcast can be really, really simple. I mean, I create my podcast at home. I have a microphone. I record into like good old garage band. It's not super fancy. Um, It is. I mean, I do the best quality that I can with with what I have. It sounds amazing. It sounds great, Les. Thank you. Um, And and just putting it out there and just being really consistent. Mm -hmm. That's my I think that's the key for podcasting is Mm -hmm. consistency. And you're super consistent. Congratulations on all of your episodes. Thank you. I actually, uh, I screenshotted a quote because I love your platform. Thank you. Uh, Balanced Black Girl Podcast. It's its own Instagram hashtag. So you guys can follow that on Instagram. Yeah. Um, It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, And you have some really dope quotes Mm -hmm. and you pull them. Yeah. So I want to ask what this quote means to you. Yeah. I love it. Sometimes the best boundary is simply not giving someone any of your energy. Yep. Protect your energy, baby girl. Yes. What does this mean to you, your listeners, your community? Yes. I think it's so important that we are in control of who and what has access to us. Mm -hmm. Like the people that have access to us, the things that we're doing, all of the things that take our energy, are we okay with where our energy is going? And do we have some sort of return? Not to say that everything we do should be to get something back, but if you are only giving your energy to people, places, or situations that are going to deplete you, it's not worth it. And I think that a core part of taking care of ourselves is really protecting our energy and giving it to those who also have our best interests at heart. How would somebody find that? Because I find, you remember, like you said earlier, when you were young, you'd be around other women that you didn't want to give your energy to. Mm -hmm. How do people create boundaries in that? Totally. How do women listening to this right now that may be unhappy? Yeah. What would you give them advice to creating boundaries and friendships? Because I'm dealing with this now. Yeah. As a 32-year-old woman Mm -hmm. setting boundaries with some of my friends. You know, as we grow older, we start working. Life becomes different. I'm not 20. I'm not, I don't have free time. Mm -hmm. I don't have the time to always give you. I also run two to three businesses on my own. Yeah. Right? So- I have to set boundaries and give energy to what fulfills me first and yep. foremost. Yep. Then family comes second for yep. me and then friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Work is at the top with myself because that fulfills me. Yeah. How do how do women set boundaries between friendships? Totally. It's hard. Isn't it? And it's something I'm learning too. Yeah, me too, Les. I mean, I'm just, I'm learning to be honest with mm-hmm. people, but to do it in a really loving way. Yes. I think that there's a lot of kind of content and information out right now that's very well-meaning around creating boundaries and protecting our peace where it's like, no is a full sentence. And I'm like, yeah, it is, but 
but you no. can also kind of be a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like if it's someone in your life that you care about, they're still worth an explanation. And yeah. I recently had a, a girlfriend who was relying on me very heavily for a lot of heavy emotional things. Mm -hmm. And we had had a conversation about her kind of being on the hunt for a therapist, but she was coming to me for things that really she should be working with right. a therapist on. And right. I told her straight up, I was like, I just don't think that I'm qualified to really give you the advice you need right now. And I think when you find that therapist you're looking for, this will be a perfect conversation to have with them. I love that. Because it wasn't like, mm, screw you, don't yeah, talk to no. me. It was just like, you need to take this to someone who can truly help you. And I I cannot be that person for Less, this. It was out of love and compassion. Yeah. It was honest. Yeah. Because you can only do so much. Yep. You know what I mean? And as a grown woman, you have so much more life coming. I love my friends. I love my women. Mm -hmm. I love my tribe. Yep. I love my people. I love my yep. family. But you have to love yourself first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I had the same, I had the same situation happen. Yep. You know, a friend of mine was dealing with loss. I was dealing with loss. Yep. You know, she reached out and said, Hey, I feel like you weren't there for me. And I mm -hmm. said, Hey, I'm sorry if you felt like that. That was never my intention. However, yeah. I'm going through loss too right now. Yeah, I can't be that person that I was every single day for you like I always was. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to accept that. And for a moment I felt bad Yeah, because I took shame and like, damn, I'm not being a good friend. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I have to take care of myself first. Yep. I'm grieving too. Yeah. Beyond. Yep. And I had to sit there and be like, I'm all, I, I was childish at one point. I was like, is she calling to ask me if I'm okay? You know, you, I reverted to that quickly. Mm, yeah. And then I was like, no, that has nothing to do with anything. How do you feel? Yep. Let them know how you feel. Yep. Say it with love. Yeah. Like you did say it with compassion. And if there's an honest, true relationship there, they would, there'll be an understanding. Yeah. So I think that's key for setting boundaries and friendships. Yep. Yeah. I saw that quote on your, your Instagram and I was like, mm -hmm. boundaries is something that I... I go up and down with, um, yeah. there's some shit with, with in life where I'm, a boundary, a boundary is a no for me on some yeah. shit. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But there's some stuff where I'm like, damn, this is hard. Yep. But putting myself first exactly. and making myself that priority, yep. you know, is something that I had to learn how to do. Yep. And it's for the, you can't help people unless you help yourself first. Oh, totally. I always tell people that. Yeah. I mean, we hear that quote, don't pour from an empty cup. Sometimes we be trying to give, we don't even have a cup, girl. <laughs> let alone anything in it. And we're Say still trying again. to give to others. And, and it's like, we physically can't. Yes. And you're not balanced, girl. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing that. So don't do Keep that. that balance. Yeah. Yes. It's so, it's so <laughs> true, but we overthink these things or we just overpass it and just continue. And yep. we have to really be conscious with ourselves. Yeah. Um, you mentioned manifestation earlier in the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Are you a believer in manifestation? I am for sure. I feel I, that's a hundred percent why I believe that I live here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is there one thing that you could be besides moving to LA, something that you've recently manifested in your life? Ooh, something that I, this is going to sound so ridiculous. I mean, I just feel like I've in moving to LA, I yeah. got rid of all of my belongings, like all of them. And I've kind of started over from wow. wardrobe to kitchen things. Like if it fit wow. in my Prius, it came down. If it did not, it let stayed it go. in Seattle and I let it go. I'm and proud so of I you, feel like, thank you. That's hard. Honestly, I feel like what clicked in terms of manifesting my move to LA was being willing to let go of the physical belongings. As mm. soon as I started giving away stuff, it all just moved into motion, Whoa. literally. See, I have issues with letting go. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, I had a couch. Let me <laughs> tell me about the couch. This stupid 
couch. I bought this couch like not long after I graduated from college. I had a, my boyfriend at the time, his sister owned a furniture company and she let me order this like really nice couch from one of her wholesalers. So I paid like nothing for this nice couch which is amazing because couches are expensive they're very expensive so i hate couch buying oh my god my 22 year old self had like a very nice couch (laughs) that i only used for like a year or two because in my mid-20s i ended up moving back in with my parents to like save money Mm -hmm. so literally the couch i didn't want to let it out of my possession i didn't want to sell it i didn't want to get rid of it so i let it basically be in storage i stored it at friends and family's houses all around the seattle area like i refused even when i was thinking i was moving to la and i was like cool. And then I can get a U-Haul and I can swing by so-and-so's house and pick up the couch. And I'm like, girl, you paid $300 for this couch in 2012. Let it go. Buy a new couch. You're 30 years old now. If you need a new couch, you'll figure out a way to get a new couch. And literally, as soon as I was like, I need to let go of the couch, (laughs) it's ridiculous. (laughs) Things in my life started moving because I was so held on to this like 22-year-old frame of mind that I was in as if I'd never get another couch. It's so dumb. And when I let it go, everything started coming. Everything started coming together. (laughs) But it's true. It's those little things. Yes. Wow. Because we're not just holding on to the physical thing. We're holding on to the emotions around it or the emotions that we had at the time of our life when we had the thing. It's it's so much deeper. Yeah. It's so deeper. Yes. But we sometimes I think we we blind blindside that aspect to be like, no, I just need it. I don't want to buy another one. Yeah. But no, that that shit has stories. Yeah. It has it has life. It does. You know what I mean? So you really came here started fresh. I came here and I started fresh. And so I've been slowly kind of accumulating different pieces of my life. And so I've been really fortunate to get to like work with some really cool brands that's to dope. be able to like replace things that's over, dope, over the course. So that's been my manifestation. Dude, that's the best manifesting. <laughs> it's been great. Especially when you're moving. Yeah. It's ridiculously awesome. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so you. thankful that you got on. That girl, we got this podcast with me. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Thank you for having um, me. As soon as I saw you, I was like, she's special. Oh. Chris co-signed and I was like, you know what? She's it. Oh. The Balanced Black Girl Podcast. Yeah. It's available. Is it available on all platforms? Yeah, all platforms mm-hmm. every other Tuesday. New episodes. You hear that, guys? Every other Tuesday, tune in to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast to get all the health and wellness with less and incredible women sharing their truths and stories and helping you become the best you. I feel like this is what sisterhood is really about. Yeah. It's the tribe and it's helping each other because, dude, ladies (laughs) and men, because men Mm -hmm. do this too. They do. We're not alone. They should. Yeah. You guys should. (laughs) Understand us We're not alone. (laughs) And girl, we always got this. Less, you got this. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so excited to see like what's becoming. <laughs> like it's just new. Everything's new here. Yeah. And you're becoming and it's so freaking awesome to see. So keep shining your light. We appreciate you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You got this girl. Oh, we got you. this. We got this.